Roll down tide. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, this is the Beer Garden presented by Oxford Crystal. Like to hear a little bit more conviction in your take, though. There was a lot of maybes, a lot of what ifs, a lot of questions. You need to just get on here. You need to fire and and put me in a position where I have to tell you that you're wrong. And now, here's your host, Neil McCready. Nice, nice. Welcome to another edition of the Beer Garden presented by Oxford Crystal. I'm your host, Neil McCready. Today on the show, 45 minutes of NASCAR in the wake of the uh, frightening Ryan Newman crash at the uh, on the final lap at Daytona on Monday night. We talk about NASCAR. Ryan Newman released from the hospital earlier this week after a crash that, quite frankly, most of us, when we watched it, we didn't think Ryan Newman would walk away from it all. Unbelievable. So we'll talk to Tommy Prater, of um, a longtime NASCAR veteran, been on, in the pits, been a spotter for multiple drivers, host of uh, Inside Alabama Racing on WNSP and Mobile for decades now. We'll talk uh, about Newman, about NASCAR safety, about the, uh, the sport, kind of have a little fun with Tommy Prater. We'll get to that in a minute. First, let me tell you, about the Oxford Crystal Highway 6 West in Oxford, right next door to the Oxford Exxon, where you can get 10 crystals for $6 this weekend. Cold weekend. Maybe you're hanging out, getting ready to watch some baseball, going to go watch some basketball. Maybe you're just chilling. Uh, if you're chilling, you want to warm up a little bit with the new Nashville Hot Chick. It's part of the Pick 5 for five fifty-five there at Crystal. And they also have great way to start your day, the Scrambler Breakfast Bowls. At the Oxford Crystal, Highway 6 West in Oxford. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what new Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's that simple. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. What I recommend you do with the quote is take it, hop into your Clark Ford today. You're going to love the product. You absolutely love the service after the sale. Corey wants to be your truck car guy. He wants to be your truck guy, and he'll prove that to you. 662-257-1900. We're also brought to you by LB's Meat Market. LB's just across from Kroger, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. <clears throat> and unlike Kroger, you can get the freshest cuts at LB's. You get over there, the beef's incredible. You got to try the bone-in uh, tomahawk ribeye. Fantastic. You got great pork, chicken, seafood, fresh from the Gulf. Uh, everything you could be looking for, an assortment of sausages that you just can't find anyplace else. Uh, plate lunches, stuffed mushrooms, jalapeno poppers, crab cakes. The list just kind of goes on and on and on. Head into LB's, browse around, get what you want. Tell Greg that you heard about it on the beer garden. Throw a couple extra things in your sack as a uh, a token of appreciation. Be a great thing to add to your uh, weekend of baseball watching if you're coming in for Ole Miss and uh, Xavier this weekend in Oxford. Highly recommend that. Or if you're in a hurry and you need it all packaged up, you can do that too. 662-259-2999. That's LB's Meat Market, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. We're also coming to you from uh, on behalf of Community Mortgage, located in Oxford, Memphis, DeSoto County, and Chattanooga. It's 30 years old this year. It's one of the oldest mortgage companies in the southeast. 
All of the underwriting and the processing is done in Memphis. So you know you're getting local underwriting that understands your market. It's the leader in condo financing in the Oxford market. So ask Jason Lowe about Community Mortgage's float-down option, which allows you to lock in the current rate. But if rates go down before you close, you can get the lower rate. Send him an email at JLO, that's J-L-O-W-E, at communitymtg.com. So now we go to Tommy Prater on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Take a listen. All right, Tommy, uh, thanks for uh, spending some time with us. I'm going to start here. It was Monday night, and uh, I actually thought of you right away. Uh, I was watching something else, and Twitter just blew up with a fiery crash at Daytona. And I saw it on my phone, and the first thought that went through my mind, and I'm sure through the minds of a lot of people, was, Number one, I knew who that racer was. I knew, I knew Ryan Newman, and I knew the name. Mm-hmm. I knew he was a, a star on the circuit. And I thought, there is absolutely no way that he survived that. And, 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 uh, and as the night unfolded and everything was so quiet for a couple hours, it was just this somber thing. And I kept thinking about you, and I wondered, I wonder if uh, Tommy's having – flashbacks to the night that uh the afternoon i should say that that dale earnhardt died not too far from that spot there at daytona and uh then the the in my eyes miraculous news came out that that uh he was he was serious condition but not life-threatening and then today shortly after i sent you a text that said you know hey you can you come on the podcast kind of want to talk to you about this there's pictures of Ryan Newman walking out of uh, Halifax, the hospital there at Daytona, walking out, holding his girl's hands, looking, frankly, not all that, not all that worse for wear, if you will. Yeah, yeah none the worse for wear, absolutely. So I'll start here because I know I know no one who knows the sport from the inside out more than you do, and I mean that sincerely. You and I goof around and make fun of each other, but but you know it extremely well. How did he hit a wall at 200 miles an hour? He essentially got T-boned upside down and thrown. I have no idea how many feet in the air. Comes down, skids across the finish line. How how did he survive? Not only not only how did he survive that, Tommy, but how did he come away from that? I, I won't say unscathed because I don't know what his injuries are, but he looks yeah. like he's going to be okay. You know, and, and the, the real answer here is, Neil, is that Ryan Newman is walking out of the hospital today because Dale Earnhardt Sr. did not 19 years ago. Uh, elaborate. So, in 2000, we killed several drivers in 2000. You know, automotive business and racing is, you know, it's a blood sport. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of guys still consider themselves to be Ben Hur, right? I mean, you know, so we lose people and people get hurt and killed in our sport. It's just part of the business. And in 2000, we lost a couple of guys. We lost Adam Petty and Ken Irvin, and everybody shrugged their shoulders and said, well, that happens. It's, it's racing. You know, we're going fast. Stuff happens. And then at the 2001 day 2500, we, we didn't just kill a race car driver. We killed Superman. Yeah. So now, 
everybody takes notice. You know, you, you can't kill Superman, and we did. So if Superman can die, then we probably need to start making changes. It was the biggest, and the, it was the most influential sports, not the influential is the right word, it was the most, it stopped you in your tracks. People remember that where they were when they found out uh, Dale Earnhardt had died. It was the most influential, for lack of a better word, sports death until Kobe Bryant recently. And when you think about, and knowing what we know today about the safety inside these cars, Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s death was 100% available. 100%. If what we knew in 2000 had been put in that car in 2001, Dale Earnhardt Sr. would have lived to tell the tale another day. But again, Superman does whatever he wants to because he's Superman. So you're talking about and, the Hans device and other things, right? Hans device, full face. You know, now people got to remember, Dale Earnhardt Sr. did not wear a full face helmet. He did not wear a Hans device. He did not have a seat mounted in the position that recommended by NASCAR, did not have recommended headrest, did not have seat belts located in the spots that they were supposed to be in, and so when he hit that wall in, the, in 2001, all of those things caught up to him at one time, and it cost him his life. Okay, so... A hundred percent of that. If you go back, and, and for folks listening to this, all I got to do is go pull the tape. Pull the tape of Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s wreck. Pull the tape around him. Or any other spectacular accident since then. Newman had wanted no. Newman had wanted the Newman Bar. I, I don't even know a lot about NASCAR. As you know, yeah. it's not my thing. I, I don't watch it a lot. But, but I, you know, frankly, frankly, when I saw the when I saw the accident, I told I told Laura, I might have even tweeted this. You know, when when I took a, the job in Mobile years and years ago, uh, one of the things they wanted me to do was cover NASCAR, and I said I don't want to do it. And they're like, why? And I said, because I don't want to be there when when guys die. I, yeah. I don't want to cover that. And and frankly, that's what I, I thought. I thought the sport was crazy. I thought these guys are out of control. They're 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 going two hundred miles an hour. They're they're out of control. They're 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 insane. And and I don't want to get to know some of these people. And and at the time. This is, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, right around the time of Dale Earnhardt. You know, they were really great with media. If you covered NASCAR on a semi-regular basis, they were pretty nice to media. They, they wanted the attention. They needed the attention. I, I don't want to get to know Absolutely. some I don't want to get to know some of these guys and, and then I'm having to cover their funerals. I don't, and I didn't. And, and when I saw that, I, I told Laura, I said, this is why I never wanted to cover this crazy sport. So, but, but also, too, as you say that, keep in mind that the great majority of interest in this sport is because it is exactly that. You've got these crazy-ass people that will strap into one of these cars and go 200 miles an hour, inches away from another crazy-ass doing 200 miles an hour with two more guys pushing them and beating away their bike bumpers and everyone to go faster. Which is in that, and it's literally what. And that's why people watch the sport. It is. It's literally what happened Monday night. I mean, it's when I, when you watch the when you watch the replay of the final lap. If you can yeah. knock out of your mind what ultimately happened, 
you watch that going, oh, my God, this is incredible. Look at what they're doing. And, and yeah. I can't even think of the, the racer's name. I'd never heard of it before Monday night where he's literally up on, on Newman's tail and he's what appear, yeah. appears to be kind of bumping him, bumping him, bumping him. He is. And, he is literally bumping him at 200 miles an hour to make he and Newman go faster so they can win the race. And Newman pulls down to block him at the very last minute, which is what you're supposed to do. Ryan Blaney, who's the racer's name that you're trying to think of, did what he's supposed to do in the last 500 feet of the Daytona 500. He never lifted. Newman goes for a spin. Blaney almost won, except the veteran, Denny Hamlin, was watching all of this take place. He lays back. He wins the closest Daytona 500 in history. So, so it wasn't irresponsible driving on the part of Blaney. He was he was doing what you're supposed no. to do. No, absolutely not. Absolutely, he, he was he was doing. Ryan Newman was doing what he was supposed to do. Ryan Blaney was doing what he was supposed to do. Denny Hamlin was doing what he was supposed to do. And Corey LaJoy, who was the car that hit Ryan Newman while he was airborne, was doing a hundred percent of what he was supposed. Well, there was nothing he could do. I mean. No, he, he's got nowhere to go. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. And so that's a byproduct of, of restricted plate racing. When it happened, did you think he was dead? No, but I had concerns. You know, I, I, so I'm watching the race, and I'm like, we need to find out about Newman. And, you know, and, and, and Hamlin's group has gotten beat up pretty hard that they went into victory lane Right, and so Chris, who spots for Hamlin, he goes down to Jason Jared and says, "Jason, what do you got? You know, have you heard from Newman?" Well, as he's talking to Jason, Hamlin's unplugged, and he's doing what you're supposed to do when you went to Daytona 500. And then they realize after they get there to start finish line that hey, something big's going on with Newman. Let's Let's tone this down. <laughs> I think very justly, Jimmy Hamlin's taking a lot of heat, and his race team are taking a lot of heat about celebrating while Newman was hurt. Yeah, it was the juxtaposition of, and, and for those of us who've never been there or who have never covered it or been a part of it like you have, it's it's a juxtaposition of this night photo of, I guess, Hamlin's team, and they're all hugging each other, celebrating, and in the background, and you, there's no way to really tell how far away that is, in the background... So, 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 as to, you know, you're a half a mile away. Newman's cars come to rest a half a mile away from where Hamlin's team is. Yeah, see, on the photos, it looks like it's just going to be 100 feet. Yeah. It's, it's a long ways away. And, and, and again, let's keep in mind, it's been 19 years since we lost anybody. It's been 19 years since we've had a serious injury. So the fact that Newman's car was upside down, flopping down the front straightaway, well, quite frankly, that already happened three times in this race already. So, you know, there's nothing to lead you believe, lead anyone to believe that there was an issue. And again, the two spotters, Chris Lambert had come down from his spot to talk to Jason Jett, who was the spotter for Ryan Newman, to find out what the status was. And by the time he talked to Jason, where he could communicate back to, ha to Denny Hamlin, he's already unplugged and celebrating, you know, like 
move on to Daytona 500. He didn't respond immediately, right, when they said, hey, talk to us or whatever. He, he, my understanding is he did not respond. Yeah, so when I talked to Jason Jarrett today, he had still not spoken to Ryan Newman yet. Okay. So so I, so his father had no information for anybody. So I interrupted you. Dale Dale Earnhardt dies back in two thousand one, and yeah. what what. I know I know the Hans device. I know a lot of the things that you just talked about, but what have obviously if you're the people that have been building NASCAR race cars, you gotta feel damn good about yourself right now because I mean if if that won't if that won't kill a guy <laughs> and I mean and thank God and thank God it didn't because I mean, you know, I mean the two beautiful young little girls and I mean you know you look at those pictures and you're like, I mean, they could have lost their dad and that and and but if you're a NASCAR engineer, you've you've got to feel pretty good about yourself right now, huh? Oh, I, I, you know, I think if if you were involved in the safety changes that were made after Earnhardt's injury, and you mentioned you know, before Earnhardt died, they put a new bar in the car that basically goes from, so for our listeners, there's a halo bar that goes around the top of the car, which is exactly that. Just imagine a halo around the driver's head, top of the driver's head to, to, to protect the driver's head when the car is upside down. Well, they put in a bar because of the wreck Earnhardt had at Talladega from that halo bar, the roof, all the way down to the middle of your dashboard. So imagine for somebody in a regular car where there's a rear view mirror, there's this bar that comes right down your rear view mirror and hooks into your dash. Okay? That's to keep cars from coming in the front windshield. Well, that Earnhardt bar, it saved car majority's life. So instead of Newman's car going inside of Corey LaJoy's car with Corey LaJoy, it hits the Earnhardt bar. And then what saves Newman's life is what we call the Newman bar because of a wreck that, that uh, uh, Ryan Newman had in 2007. And Ryan Newman was a, a, a college graduate from Purdue engineer. And he stayed after NASCAR until they put another bar that goes across the car, this is very hard to describe, they're going to cross the car just underneath the halo bar. That's just where Newman's car got hit by Corey Joy's car. That extra bar up there kept the whole roof from coming down on top of Ryan Newman's head. So in some ways, Ryan Newman's insistence on this extra bar saved his life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then the other thing they did, too, was uh, if you go back and look at pictures of drivers inside the cars, you know, 1999, 2000, 2001, the roof on these cars came down right on top of the driver. Okay, I mean, if you look at them, the driver's head is right at the roof. And the new cars that they developed since 2001, they raised the roof another three inches. And now when you see a picture of a, of a driver in the car, there's a big gap now between the driver's head and the roof. And that was all created just to give you this pressure that obviously Ryan Newman needed every piece of. Just remarkable. It really it's 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 a it's, an, it's incredible. It's an incredible story. I if I, I said this on Monday night and I, I felt bad. I mean, we were looking at it and like my son Carson, who's thirteen, he said, "Is he dead, Dad?" And I said, "Probably." I mean, I can't imagine, you know. And you just 
kudos to them. I mean, it, it speaks volumes for the the power of engineering and and. <laughs> you know, I heard somebody say today. You know, I, I was a legislator. He's lucky. I said, let me tell you something. There was absolutely, positively no luck involved in running them and being here today. No, it was intelligence. It was a whole bunch of hard work and, and, and intelligence. You're yeah. exactly right. It was it was math and science and physics. Yes. And a lot of testing, I'm sure. A lot of uh, test crashes and. Uh, a lot of but now keep in mind, keep in mind, we knew all of this, okay? What's in that car today, we knew in 1995, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 2000, okay? We knew, th th this is not anything new, brother. There there's nothing new here that's in this race car, engineering-wise, that, that all of us that worked on these cars did not know that would make it safer. Is, is the drive but nobody cared the driver you know, a little smarter now not smarter that's not the right word but just a little no, more no, no, no. So, so what i'm trying to tell you is is that when you kill kenny adam uh we're, we're sorry we really like kenny but you know we're in a racing business it, it happens you kill adam petty a, a, just the prince of a young guy he and kenny Owen both everybody goes man it's just horrible but you know we're in the racing business it happens in 2001, we killed Superman. He killed Superman. No, you're right. I remember when Adam Petty died. And uh, young dude. And, and uh, everyone was shot. His whole life in front of it. And we changed absolutely nothing. No, you're right. Uh, you're, you're Kenny Irvin? One of the most accomplished sprint car racers and midget car racers you've ever seen in this country was just getting started in his fast car career. We changed nothing. You had to change it when Dale Earnhardt died because it's just. Can't kill Superman. You, yeah, exactly. If you don't, you start losing the Dale Earnhardts of the world and you, you lose, the sport dies. And frankly, the sport. I mean, if anything, it made it more popular for a little while. It, not, that's not, people watched it more. Well, you're, you're, you're exactly right. So Earnhardt dies, and it's thought that, you know, there was a, a, a very fervent following, but that was it. Certainly everybody in the country wants pizza. So what happens, What and we're going to get into some of the questions that people have. What happens now that... Uh, People get to see crazy ass guys going down the the back stretch, and it's yeah. it's, it's fascinating television. Um, and you see the car go flying through the air, and you see all of that. But we're not going to watch a funeral in a couple of days. He's he's going to race again in a few weeks, I'd guess. Is does this bring the sport back into the mainstream, or do we all just sort of move away from it? Well, I I think that what's happened since Earnhardt, is that there is an R&D center in North Carolina now that NASCAR has that will pull Ryan Newman's car apart piece by piece and find out what worked in that car, what didn't work in that car. Corey LaJoy's car has gone back to the R&D center uh, with Ryan Newman's car for them to pull those cars apart and, and, you know, go through an autopsy, for lack of better words, on these cars as to what was worked, what didn't work, and what we can make better. 
Okay, that's that's what's going to happen. And, you know, in the middle of all this, NASCAR is introducing its newest car next year. And without getting too geeky on you, so in the new car, they're moving the driver's seat closer to the center of the car and away from the door, okay, which couldn't be done in the old car. And they're making safety changes to this new thing, uh, to this new car, just to protect that driver. It's fascinating. It really is. I mean, it, I'll be honest. I, I'm, I'm more interested in NASCAR today than I've been in 10 years after watching that the other day because I thought, you know, like I said, I thought that, you know, here's, here's a guy that I knew he had young kids because I'd seen the stuff about he and his wife separating earlier in the week and all that stuff. And so I, I was aware of, of, of his deal and I thought, that's just you know i can't i can't watch a sport where people like that just get cut down in their primes and now that he made it i mean i I feel like i can watch stuff and hey i can almost kind of enjoy the craziness because i think to myself these guys are okay and and that has you know so we we kill our heart everybody watches and then they kind of quit watching because we quit killing people but then you get to watch four times a year daytona and Talladega which are the two absolute craziest races of the year. And that guy's, and, and my son is one of those that's in the middle of this mess. They run along there at 200 miles an hour. <laughs> and Thomas says, you know, you ask somebody else about Talladega, and Thomas says, well, Talladega's pretty boring when you go along on there two, three wide. And the guy looked at him and said, do what? He says, yeah. He says, you can go along there and you don't really bounce off of too many people at 2-3 wide. He says, but when you get four wide, you kind of start to bounce off of each other just a little bit, and then you really try to hit the guy in front of you so the two of y'all can go on. Crazy. It is. It, 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 it's, it's, but it's, um, yeah. Right. Anyway, all right. So I, I got a handful of questions for you from people who are uh, much more, uh, much more cognizant of what's going on in NASCAR than I am. I thought the first question, as I told you, was absolutely fascinating. I did not know that uh, Soul Glow had pulled out of the sponsorship of the number three, <laughs> the number three Chevy. <laughs> You said, but you said that uh, that coming to America too is coming out this summer, and, and the McDowell's yeah, so, the McDowell's have a lot of money, so maybe they're getting back. Right, they, 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 they got a lot of money, you know. After they took over, you know, so they can be sponsored. <laughs> All right, someone someone wants to know uh, your thoughts on. Stan- you have to put those pedals down though at two miles an hour. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Let your soul glow. Uh, your, oh my goodness! Your thoughts on Stenhouse, his fallout from Roush, his switch to Harvick's agency, and his prospects with uh, JTG Dowerty Racing. Well, you know, uh, so Roush is one of the premier programs, and JTG has been a second tier program for a long time. Ricky Stenhouse is one of the best restricted plate racers in motorsports. He won the poll for the Daytona 500. Uh, they will always be good at Daytona, Talladega. It just depends on how much funding they're able to get as to whether or not they're going to be able to carry that forward to Las Vegas, California, the regular racetracks we go to. So watch uh, Stenhouse this weekend and see where he 
uh, ends up in Vegas and California. And that'll give you a good indication of what JTG is going to be able to do this year. Uh, how soon before Nashville is added to the NASCAR rotation? What series is going to run there? And, and then uh, anything else that you can add about uh, racing in Nashville? Well, you know, as a guy who's raced in Nashville, uh, we've been to Nashville several times. Uh, so this is a much bigger puzzle than just going to the old fairgrounds. You know, everybody wants to go to the old fairgrounds. It, it, it has a lot of... Uh, uh, heartstring pulls. We raced out at the new place uh, that's now sitting vacant. You know, as generally as I can say, Nashville has been a really difficult market for racing. It just has. You know, they've built this beautiful facility out there in Franklin, and, and it's just it's growing weeds going through it now. And then they want to go back to the fairgrounds, which, you know, as a guy who loves old beat-up racetracks, the fairgrounds is a dump. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just a dump. That's as, just as gently as I can say that. And look, I, there's a lot of dumps I enjoy going to, okay, that are fun to race on. But the idea that you're going to bring a NASCAR Xfinity race or truck race or something along those lines to the fairground as is isn't going to happen. Now, Bruton Smith and his uh, family are, are involved. Bob Sargent is the current promoter for this year at the fairgrounds. Bob Sargent's one of the most uh, agile third-tier promoters in the country. Uh, when I say third-tier, you know, that's the tier underneath NASCAR. He does it very well. USAC and ARCA, I think he probably does 10 or 12 races between all of them. He's very good at what he does. But for, to bring back a front-tier event to Nashville, somebody's going to spend a bunch of money. Seems like it would work there if you did it right. Well, my only question is, is, is again, they built this beautiful facility 30 minutes outside of Nashville. Beautiful. But well, all of you have been there in the end but it's gorgeous. I haven't we race there in the trucks. We race there in the Arca series. IndyCar used to race there. Weeds. Huh. I didn't know so, that. So, you know, if you can't, and that was at the height of the, the, height of the business, right? You know, uh, uh, let's see, I think I did the first TV broadcast. Oh, boy, I'm really getting old. I was on the first TV broadcast team from Nashville for the Arca Series. I think it was 2001 or 2002, and the place was packed. And you always sit not 20 years later, and it's got weeds growing. It's been closed for five or six years now. I didn't know that. That's crazy. All right, here's a great question. This is a great. So I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how you make the fairground. You understand what I mean? Yeah. You, you just really don't have a very good track record in Nashville. Quote unquote Nashville being a race town, and I'm sure I'm gonna get in trouble with some people over that. But you know, prove it first. Here's a here's a great question. Which SEC football coach would be the best NASCAR driver? <laughs> wow. I've never thought about that before. That's really good. I mean, some of the some, you know some of the first answers are, are Muschamp, Jeremy Pruitt. But I got to be honest, man. I'm kind of like Mike Leach is kind of crazy. Ed Orgeron's crazy. You got to have a certain well, got to have a certain degree of crazy. And then and then one of the names that comes to mind for me a little bit is like Saban. Well, see, so so you know, guys like Saban and Orgeron and the crazy ones, I kind of discount. Okay, okay because. The, the, it, it, driving a race car 
and being successful driving in a race car, it takes a minus nuts. Okay, don't get me wrong. I mean, my, my son's a very good example. My son, all of his always don't hit the water. Okay, he's not right in the head. <laughs> but when you talk to him, you don't know he's crazy until you put him in a race car going 200 miles an hour. Saban, Ogeron, you know they're crazy. You, you don't have to talk to them. You don't have to watch them coach for five minutes, and you know they're crazy. So, um, and, and I'm drawing a blank. The head coach at Georgia. Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart would be my pick as who would make the best driver of SEC coach. I'm kind of thinking about Gus Malzahn a little bit. Kind of, kind of studious. Kind of quick. Well, see, you just, it's so easy, but you just don't ever know until you put them in that position. And, you know, I, we have people take racing schools from this, with us all the time, you know, and like, oh, I can do this, you know, I can go fast. And Thomas says, well, sure, it's easy to go fast. Anybody can do that. And so, well, what is the hard part? So, we got 40 other guys out there doing the same thing you're doing. That's when it gets hard. You got to have nerves of steel, don't you? Why are you gonna be crazy? Yeah, I'm, I gotta be crazy. See, I'm not crazy enough. I would always be thinking about. But it's, a, but it's an internal crazy. You know, you had guys like that you were in college with, right? My day, normal, normal, normal. You go out, give him a few beers, and the guy's nuts. That's your race car driver. How realistic is Ricky Bobby and Cal Naughton Jr.? Would Cal would, would, <laughs> when Ricky? When, <laughs> the most realistic part of that movie is when Ricky Bobby's wife to be pulls up her sweatshirt in victory lane, and he looks at his team and says, "Please be 18." That's the most realistic part of it. <laughs> Is it true, Tommy? Is it true? That's a true story. <laughs> is it true, Tommy, that if you don't use it, you lose it? I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about. I, I, so I think I think that if if, if you you know, so I, I'm almost sixty now, and I still think I can outdrive my son. Now the thing that I have going for me is. I can't fit in my son's seat, so we can't, like, just swap out to try, right? Right. So it'll take, like, two days to put one of my seats in his car for me to prove to him that I'm faster than he is. So that's saving me. But I do think that if, if I got back in a race car day, and I think it's true for almost all race car drivers, we all know that we're about 90%. But 90% is a winning races. 90% you can go out there and run around all you want to. But it's that extra 10% that puts you in the, in, in, on the razor's edge that takes you from 20th to winning the race. So you gotta keep it, you gotta keep those skills up. So yeah, if you don't use it, you ultimately lose it. Yeah, I don't think that's. I mean, I think that's true for a basketball player. You know, you could take a basketball player, fifty-year-old basketball player, and he go out on courses, and I can still shoot. Yeah, you can probably still shoot, but then you dribble around this twenty-year-old. I don't think so. Yeah, it's over. 
That applies to other things, yeah. too, probably. If you don't use that, you, you lose it. God, I hope that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> right. I've been married 36 years, man. You're not really out of the area. <laughs> <laughs> well, and at some point, it doesn't really matter whether you use it or lose it. You don't need it. Right. Uh, <laughs> the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So when, when NASCAR fans, do they do they like the South Park episode where they get made where they make fun of NASCAR or or do they get offended by it? Well, see, so you gotta understand. NASCAR fans don't watch South Park, so they don't do crap. <laughs> Along the lines of use it or lose it, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's not like, so what did you think about what Bernie Sanders says? Well, there's not a self-respecting NASCAR fan that listens to Bernie Sanders, so yeah, he knows what he says. <laughs> when Donald Trump steps off the uh, steps out of the limo at, at Daytona, he's 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 with his people at that moment, right? I mean, that has got a you better believe it. Got a pretty hot. Pop. You better believe it. You better believe it. It's just like when he goes to an SEC football game. or you know, But I really believe this, and I, and, and I say this. I've, I've been at the racetrack uh, with George Bush as a candidate and as president, uh, and I've been in other places. NASCAR fans are super patriotic, super patriotic. And I think even somebody they didn't like, would get a warm reception at a NASCAR race. Because you know what? NASCAR fans appreciate that the president, whoever that may be, thought enough of their sport to come and spend some time with them. I do think that. I, I do believe that. So now that he's... Now, and you know, now, Trump's cool, but you can't get as cool as Ronald Reagan. He starts the race on Air Force One. He finishes the race in person and then hangs out in the hospitality tent with all the drivers eating Kentucky Fried Chicken after the race. You're never going to get that cool. Well, that is true. That is pretty cool. That was, when was that like? Well, you're never going to get that cool. Early you can try all you want to. Uh, you're never going to get as cool as all Reagan eating fried chicken with the king after he won his 200th career NASCAR victory. Never be that cool. My grandmother loved Ronald Reagan so much. You, you, you were not allowed to even say <laughs> you were not allowed to say anything that might even possibly be remotely construed as possibly even neutral about Ronald Reagan. You, you, you had to be all in on uh, on Dutch with with her. So, so my my touch to fame with the president and we had a lot of guys campaign that come through Daytona, you know, as they're campaigning for president. So I guess it was 99 or 2000, uh, Bush 2, somebody had said that Bush 2 was going to be there, and everybody went, yeah, big deal. And so I'm sitting there on pit road, and I'm working on whatever, and I turn around and nearly rock, knock this guy over, and he's like, hi, I'm George Bush. And I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I'd have known the guy was going to be president, I'd have given him a card or something. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) At that moment, I'm thinking, I'm busy. You're in my way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So last thing, now that, now that he's going to make it and he's probably going to be even more of a fan favorite than ever before. Will it, will it was there? Oh my goodness. Was there? You probably can't find number six t-shirt today anywhere. 
the whole Ryan Newman's breakup kind of thing, because earlier in the day, on the day of the accident, someone, one of the journalists had tweeted, hey, you know, retweet us and tell us where you're watching the race from. And she showed some beach someplace just, and there was, it was kind of a little, hey, I'm not at the track. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. Are we going to find out <laughs> what, what was going on there or will it just sort of disappear? Well, so, you know, I, I go back. And I can remember, and again, I, I, so I'm, I'm turning into the grumpy old guy at the racetrack. I, I swear to God, I am. Okay, so I can remember when Ryan Newman first showed up. He was about 19, 20 years old. He was still an engineering student at Purdue. Buddy Baker, who you know, old NASCAR fans know who Buddy Baker is, passed away a couple of years ago in the Hall of Fame. So Buddy Baker walks up to me and says. Oh, we got this kid we want you to interview, blah, 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 right? And I'm like, Buddy Baker asked you to do something, you do it. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll interview this kid. And uh, he was working his way through what Pinsky called the ABC program. And he was very successful. He would already come out of open wheel. He was successful there. And, and this is the way racing should be done versus the way we are doing it now. Pinsky made a commitment to Ryan Newman. They went out and got sponsorship and they took this kid from uh, a local hero all the way to NASCAR and the Rocket Man in, in the course of about three seasons. And Buddy Baker says, you know, would you interview this guy? And I said, sure, we'll I interview him. And this kid comes up. He was funny, very intelligent. Uh, He's a big guy, you know, and that was one of the things that concerned me about Monday Night's Rake, is Ryan Newman is a big guy. He's yeah. built like a linebacker, okay, which probably also helps save him. But, you know, most of these guys now are camel jockeys. You know, they're, they're little bitty guys. Yeah, little okay? bitty Yeah, yeah, sure. Right, right. I mean, you know, so the age of Buddy Baker, who was a linebacker, and uh, my son Thomas, he's a center for A.J. McCarran. You know, so the, the age of those kind of drivers is over. Well, Ryan Newman falls into the old school kind of big guy. Yeah. He was a big guy. Then. He was still a big guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, he looks like a, he looks like a linebacker. He doesn't look like a, a camel jockey. And, uh, you know, so this kid comes up and we strike up a conversation and uh, he introduced me to his girlfriend, Chrissy. You know, again, this is, I'm the grumpy old guy at first track, but 2001, two, somewhere along in there. As he's starting this uh, ascension through the Penske program, and they were just two of the nicest people you ever wanted to meet. I mean, they were the ones, you know, what I'm saying. They were just, as, and, and this kid had everything, okay? He, you know, how many people get to go to the racetrack and Buddy Baker is out pimping for you, right? You're driving for the captain, Roger Penske, the number one guy in all of motorsport. Buddy Baker is showing you how to get around the racetrack. He's out there talking to the media on your behalf. He's just spent the last 10 or 15 years on television himself. So how do you get a much better introduction? You could have been the biggest you-know-what in the world because you didn't need anybody. But Ryan and Chrissy weren't like that. And, and, and I saw, I was very saddened to see uh, the little notice they sent out before Speed Weeks. And, and I hope that it all works out the way they, they need it to work out. But um, again, Long, way too long a story. I've known those kids since while they were still at school. Be an awfully difficult lifestyle to keep a relationship together, I would think. Well, I think one of the things that they do, which, you know, that on the well-funded teams, wife, kids, everybody, all pile into the private jet 
on Thursday or Friday, and they live in a two, three million dollar motorhome at the racetrack all weekend long. So we get an opportunity now to to have a, a bit of a, a family lifestyle. The guys who really are getting killed are the crew guys. There's no private jet for their family. There's no motorhome for their family. And the guys who go on the road every week for the race teams, those are the ones that are really having a tough time keeping things going. Yeah, I, I, I don't see how it would work, honestly. I just don't see how it would work. You, you, you're gone way too well, And the season's, what, 40 weeks a year? 30, that is, you know, you're racing 36 weeks a year, plus testing, plus, plus, plus. You know, and you're always going. And for a race car driver, you know, they've now given them, like, two days off. Monday and Tuesday are normally their days off. Wednesday, they'll go fly and do uh, sponsor stuff on Wednesday. And then Thursday, they're headed towards the racetrack, wherever they're going. Now, I will say this. Uh, so, my wife and I have been married 36 years. And when people ask her what's the key to our long-term relationship, I've heard her say very often that he stays gone a lot. So there can be a positive to being on the road all the time. Well, there's only so much Tommy Prater that one person can take. I mean, you've you got to have a break from that, I'm assuming, just to kind of make it I mean, I don't see it, but I mean, if you say so. <laughs> I mean, that's what I hear from, from talking. Yeah, to I, mean, I, don't, I don't see it, but okay. That's what she tells me a lot when we, I mean, oh, what, never, you know what, I should probably go to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, uh, it's always great to catch up with you. I'm glad that uh, this conversation, in all seriousness, was not as somber as I thought it was going to be on Monday night because it that, that looked terrible and, and the fact that he walked out of a hospital today, I know that for people like you and me, as much as we joke around and stuff, that put a probably a smile on our face and maybe a little tear in our eye to see those those two little girls walking out of their hospital with their daddy that's uh no matter what i would have lost yeah i would have lost the house on the bet monday night if you said we'd be walking out wednesday morning i lost a bet i love it because i would have bet any amount of money if that just wasn't gonna happen yeah well and even as kind of and look there's hipaa laws here and, and there's privacy but even as pri- as 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 quiet as it was into the middle of the day Monday, you thought, well, he's going to make it, but maybe he's hurt really bad. I mean, there were all these rumors about broken legs and broken arms and and all that stuff. You kind of wonder, like it, they they had to have known fairly quickly on Sunday that I mean, on Monday that he was going to be okay. Wonder why they didn't put that out a little faster than they did. Well, and you know, and, and so. It's great to be able to Monday morning quarterback this. I feel like that he was probably in much better condition when they got him out of the car than what we were led to believe. And they just does that really bother me a whole lot? Not really. No, not really. You know what I mean? And, and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure they wanted to get him someplace and really take a good look and and for lack. And I mean, hospitals right across the street. Okay, so I mean, when you have a problem at Daytona, you don't go very far. Yeah. Halifax is right across the street. But okay? I, guess, I guess what I'm saying is they wanted to probably, get, you know, get him someplace where it was a little, not you know, a little quieter and 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 take a good look and see what they were dealing with. And like I said, and, and, and I'm and I'm happy to Monday morning quarterback this, and I'm happy to have the opportunity to say I don't really think that we were given all the information that we should have been given on Monday night. And, 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 you know, I'm fine with that. 
but Bob, from being in the sport for 20 plus years and covering the sport for all these years, you, the protocol that went into place Monday night was of severe proportions. Yeah. Well, my man, next time I'm in Mobile, uh, the, the, if they let me in the city, the beers are on me. Well, uh, I can probably find a place to let you in. Okay, well, we'll have to work on that then. <laughs> I, I'd, love to, I'd love to see you and catch up. Thanks thanks again for the time very much. No problem. Thanks, Jim. Talk to you soon. Our thanks to Tommy for his time today on the Beer Garden. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, it's always fun to talk to him been my been my friend for a long time used to come on my radio show in mobile over and over and over had a lot of fun no one knows nascar at least in my opinion better than he does inside and out so hope you enjoyed that um thank goodness ryan newman's okay and it was able to be a conversation that was a little lighthearted because i monday night i feared it was going to be something a lot different than that we'll uh we'll be back next week with another edition of the beer garden we'll talk some um Here's some ideas. Talk some NBA out, that's out there. Major League Baseball. The camps have have started in Arizona, in Florida. Uh, college uh, basketball beginning to wind down, and uh, a lot of NFL draft talk start, starting up as well. So we'll uh, we'll get to a lot of those things over the course of the next week or two on the Beer Garden here uh, at MPW Digital. So thanks again to the people at uh, Oxford Crystal. Don't forget to make them part of your weekend. And thank you uh, for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, take care.